I'm gonna make this quick because you guys have heard from us 116 times already. Hey podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's Thursday morning. That means it's time for another Lifestyle Business Podcast. Today I'm joined by my captain, my co-hostess with the Moses, a man for whom no joke will do. You think that's lazy? I think that's pretty lazy considering there's no joke written in the show notes here. I think you just made that one up, but I am standing like the captain right now, so. You know what I'm into? I'm into the rich man, poor man jokes. This is like a, if you guys haven't heard yet, this is like an Adam Carolla bit where he identifies things that only rich men and poor men have in common. It's like owning a boat, sitting very high up in a stadium, having an outdoor shower, having multiple <laughs> cars in your dress, <laughs> wearing boat shoes. Yeah, there's a lot of them. All right, shouts and news. Man, you're back in the United States. What's that like? I don't, I don't even know what it's like back there. What's going on? It's very surreal. We've been on the road for like three months now. Went to Hong Kong, Vietnam, uh, Philippines, a couple other places, Thailand. Uh, but now, yes, I'm back in the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. What's that like? Uh, there's a lot of rules to follow. That's I think that's that's the hardest thing for me. I got to follow if rules you, now. Speaking of rules, if you guys stick around uh, to the end of the episode, Ian's got an awesome story about getting ripped off all around the globe, something we are experts in. Speaking of expert content, did you see that uh, DC thread over at Quora.com? Yeah, I did. It was a little awkward um, the way that I was a little, some of the people I was a little came snarky. across. So you were pretty aggressive about it now. Yeah, I basically just told people not to join. Don't join. I'm all right with that. Yeah. We'll link over to that if you guys want to see an argument about... Uh, it's a pretty cool crowd that comes out of the woodwork. Some of us DCers, we're a little salty. We're salty characters. Like, don't join. <laughs> Speaking of not joining the DC, Jamila, who we're going to meet up in Bangkok, has been a, a, an amazing supporter of our work, and I really appreciate that, wrote us a testimonial, just of her own good heart, good-heartedness, sent us a testimonial. You, you want to hear this? I, I do. I can, I, can, I can do a live read. The DC community has literally transformed my life. Speaking of a sales pitch, this is good. You're going to like this. I never miss an episode of the podcast, and it has taught me more than any of the four colleges in three countries that I attended, which is very impressive, by the way, Jamila. Um, the DC is just plain awesome. Before, I led a pretty lonely entrepreneurial life. But since I joined, I have a worldwide network to connect with. So far, I met DC members in four cities on three continents. I joined a DC mastermind group and found new business opportunities. And Jamila will be joining us at our worldwide summit in Bangkok. I'm pumped, man. Thank you hey, so man. much, Jamila. This is exactly what we're going for. I'm totally pumped that this is what's happening. I mean, this is exactly what we envisioned. Uh, I'm not sure it happens for everybody, but it's happened for her. And now that she feels like she's really fulfilled from this community, I am fulfilled. I am fulfilled as well. So that's Jamila. Thank you from creativewebbiz.com. All right, let's get moving on to the meat and potatoes. We got some questions from listeners about how to monetize blogs, which is something we are passionate about. So our first question comes from Eddie. He's saying, look, man, I don't have, I feel like I'm lacking in some of the entrepreneurial skills. I'm paraphrasing here, right? 
I'm going to put this into LBP speak. Maybe I lack that hustle muscle, not that pumped about making cold calls, guys. But here's the good news. I only need to make $2,400 a month in order for me to deem this a success and for me to get to the lifestyle that I desire. I want to do that through reading and writing and publishing content on the web because I'm web savvy and I love information. How can I get there, guys? Help me to get there, guys. What can you guys do for me? What do you got, man? Well, Eddie, I think, uh, you know, $2,400 a month, you might not even have to pick up the phone for that price. So that's the good news. That's the good news. Um, I think what we should do for Eddie here is we should walk him through a model in which uh, he can be successful at the $2,500 a month level. All right. So let's call it the group consulting model. And Eddie, I want you to think about what your business model is going to be before you start blogging. That's buy now blogging. As Tim Conley says, it's what, pay now podcasting or pay something podcast? It, it, the whole idea here is that know the product that you're going to have before you start bringing people into your marketing channel, which is your blog. And I, I really like this new group consulting model that I heard from Frank Kern. I've just been telling everybody about it that I can hear because it's, it's in particular a great way for new bloggers to monetize their audience and to skyrocket the value of each visitor that comes through the front door of your website. And it's also a great way for more established bloggers to have a big money launch that provides their audience with tons of value. Before so we get into this model here, I just want to point out uh, one really important thing that you just said there, which was uh, know what you're going to do before you do it. And uh, one thing that I feel like we have an advantage of here is that we generally know what we're going to do before we start doing something. And I think this experience comes from the product business. When you're building a physical product, you can't go into it with a half-baked idea um, yeah. and expect for production to come out right. You have to have a very complete vision of what you want in your warehouse um, and, and start building it like, like uh, with that intent in mind. Yeah, and I love that if you can take that mindset into information products. I think that we that was a benefit for us that we didn't even see, right? Is that we, we could not have these half-baked ideas. You just can't roll like that. You know, you have to sit there and make it airtight and articulate it so that other people know what they're going to pay you money for. So let's talk about this group consulting model and why I'm so pumped about it. Because, you know, Ian, even if you've got, if you do the, if you do the website math on 10,000 visitors coming to your site a month, which is monstrous, right? We've got friends, you know, uh, John McIntyre has a, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning, has a juicing site, right? He's got, you know, tens of thousands of visitors coming through this. This is a very, even that kind of niche, you know, where it's money and it's about weight loss, like there are tens of thousands of visitors. Okay, well, then they go down into an autoresponder and then they go into a, a paid course and stuff. You know, it's not, it's not easy, you know, and it's tough to have a lot, a ton of extra budget there to have advertisements all around the web. But with the group consulting model, you can start to monetize your audience right out of the gate. So what is it? All right. You identify what it is that your audience wants to get done. Okay. So what's a good example? Say lose 30 pounds through the paleo diet. So I don't wake up in the morning thinking I want to read a bunch of blog posts about how to lose 30 pounds through the paleo diet. I want to lose 30 pounds and I'm willing to pay people money who can get me there. So what you could do is you could start a blog about this stuff, Eddie's assume in theory and say, you know, what would it be worth to you to, to have that result? Uh, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a real money thing. So I'd say maybe to me, it's worth $500. $497. This is the internet, Ian. Nothing costs $500. Right. <laughs> All right. $497. Right. So 
All you need to do is have five clients a month. So let's say your program then, Eddie, is a four-week program where at the beginning of the week, you're sending people helpful tips and recipes and clear action steps. So you're not bogging them down, but you're giving them action steps that will facilitate their success. At the end of the week, you get on the horn with them, help answer their questions, help inspire them, guide them through a few other things, and you do that for four weeks, Maybe you throw a party at the end, you have a forum where they can exchange information, whatever. The point is, is that they're paying you for a result, you become a facilitator, you get them that result, you make it your mantra, your geary, as my boy Jay Cow would say it, to get them that result, and then you take $500 from them, you've made $2,400, everybody's happy, you're a big winner, and you don't have to do any cold calls. What do you think so about basically that? what you're saying is, I don't have to do any cold calls, and I also don't have to write 50 blog posts before I try and sell my ebook? My world has been totally upturned. Chris writes, I'm a new listener, but a long time entrepreneur. You guys mentioned hacking your job once in a podcast, and I'd like to hear more about that. Hard to find some resources online, basically for some of us who wanna keep our jobs. How can we use them to further other businesses or turn them into bigger and better opportunities? Thanks, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris, for listening to the show. Ian, what do you think, man? How do you turn that job into, uh, you know, instead of it being a liability, it's an opportunity. Chris, I love this question. So much fun. Uh, my first suggestion here is um, if you do want to keep your job, uh, maybe another job that you could have or a more fun job that you could have, and I think you just got a tweet about this not too long ago, is become a bartender. <laughs> I love this idea. So you become a bartender at night. You make hundreds of dollars. Maybe you're an escort. I don't know. Bartender, though, is what I would go with. Um, make hundreds of dollars at night, and then during the day, you have all this time to focus on your business. Now, if My, you don't want to do uh, that, I would suggest a uh, working a, a job that's very complementary to your business. So you don't want to work as an accountant all day if you want to make money as a car mechanic, ultimately, if that's your passion. Uh, you I want hope, to do something I hope that's you complementary. Know that, by the way, I so hope you know, work in a job that, that makes sense for your business. I hope you know that this is your legacy, by the way, right? There's all across the fine land of America, there are bartenders slinging martinis, screaming, yeah, buddy, to their customers. That's, that's what you've done, okay? I've gotten emails from people saying, I'm so pumped I'm a bartender now. This I is love what that. you've done. This is what you've done. So the idea here is basically getting a job that is not particularly time intensive so that you can hustle on the side. I don't like that one as much as this one, and I'm going to call it entrepreneurship right? Which is a cheesy corporate word for taking your job seriously and getting the job done. Here's the thing. A job is like a litmus test. It's like a safe platform for you to be a boss, right? If you can't revolutionize, like cut deals, make crap happen in the safe confines of a job, good luck when you're out on the barren Sahara of entrepreneurship and you're on your own and it's very scary, right? Last week when we were at the Tropical MBA, uh, we asked a question to everybody that was there, we said, how many of you people were A-plus employees at your job? And 90% of the people raised their hands. Yes, I am an overachiever at my job. So what the way I look at this is like, I like refuse to have a job where I can't bully myself to the table. I call it the table. You know, I used to work for a big corporation. I worked for K2, right, to make skis and stuff. And I, I was like entry-level dude. And I would find ways to get into the CEO's office to make those top-level decisions about the business. And it was... It was pretty rare for me to be able to do that in that circumstance. And I eventually sort of had to push myself. I was basically worked myself out of that company. There was no spot for me, you know, in, in the command chain, 
being at that table and making those decisions as an entry-level employee didn't fly. And so I had to leave that job because that's the whole point. Like being at that table and making those like super sweet glucose top level judgments about the future of a business and what's going to happen and risking, you know, making judgments that require risk, right? You have to do, you know, whether that's you have to do some triage, like not all the work that's on your table is going to get done, right? Because you have to make judgments about what to do, or you have to maybe make a risk about the, the the future of that business. Here's the thing: it's OPM, man. It's other people's money. So this is a really safe spot to sort of get get your legs go with this yeah. stuff. So so here's the thing: like that's the kind of attitude and that's the kind of judgment that makes businesses happen, and that's the kind of judgment that moves businesses forward. So the same things that are going to make you a great entrepreneur are going to make you a great employee. And so I highly suggest that while you are in the warm bosom of corporate employment, that you exercise that hustle muscle is that's what's going to get you to the table in whatever business you're at. I love it. Play around with OPM. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get moving on to a little section we like to call just the tips. All right, Ian, you got a tip for us recently renting a car i hope not on the corporate card absolutely on the corporate card less of a tip more of a uh of a of a reflection of what's going on in terms of getting ripped off so i just got back into the united states of america i showed up from lax to the rental car agency and uh dan tell me if this has ever happened to you uh you're at the rental car agency and they are trying their hardest to sell you car insurance yes i've i've been that guy yeah. So uh, the poor guy next to me, they were trying to sell him car insurance. And after like 10 minutes, I just kind of, uh, maybe I overstepped my bounds, but I said, look, sir, uh, do you have car insurance already? Yes. Okay. Well, chances are you're covered, right? And the lady behind the counter, she got very upset because he got very upset. Uh, she was trying to sell him something that he already had. So basically he went off on her. And uh, long story short, I got back into the station within 10 minutes. I was already, uh, somebody was trying to rip somebody off right in front of me. And I thought, well, isn't this interesting? Um, because I was just in Asia and I didn't even get ripped off one time when I was in Asia. Well, actually one time I did get ripped off uh, and it was by a taxi driver in Vietnam, but it was only for $2. So the interesting uh, idea that popped up in my head here is like, hey, uh, everybody that gets ripped off in the United States is kind of getting ripped off at the corporate level at this much higher level. And it's for thousands and thousands of dollars every year uh, for some people. Whereas in Asia, when you get ripped off, it's uh, it's such a low level. It's like on the street level and it's for maybe two or three dollars. So just an interesting observation I had. It was kind of like a, hey, welcome back. Um, you know, ex-rental car agency is trying to rip you off right after you get off the plane. Ian, are you a Ben Folds fan? Absolutely, man. All right, this is a song about our boy Ben Folds taking a fall, actually modeled off of, if you listen to it, it's modeled off of Benny and the Jets, tribute to the Elton John classic, Benny and the Jets. And this is a tribute to you, sir co-hosters with the mostest. I will see you next Thursday morning. Booyah. And the people shouting my name. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do.
rush of adrenaline Is a concrete rose to meet my face Maybe it was a sheer embarrassment That kept me conscious and standing As I crawled back up onto the stage And started pounding out the first song There was blood on the keyboard Oh my God You can't innovate on an industry if you're just flirting with it, if you're just showing up for the cocktail hour. Right.